Good morning, good morning. We are going live. Got a couple of updates we had to do before we could go live, so uh, here we go. Let's jump over into the Zoom meeting for those of you who are waiting to come online. Uh, we're going to talk about investments today. Give me just a minute and we'll get started. We have some folks waiting to get in. Hello, hello. Hope you're all doing well. I see you there. Harsh, I see some empty screens. Hope you're doing well. Please somebody let me know if you can hear me um, as you chat in to post your... Uh, we can hear you. All right. Thank you very much, Helen. I appreciate that. So go ahead and post in your anything just to time let me know you're here in the chat that way I can save that and that becomes pretty good documentation that you are here on today's zoom meeting for the University of Houston personal finance today we're going to talk about investments so last week we talked about insurance and just like last week our topic this week involves a lot of information uh, there's a ton that we could talk about when it comes to investing and so we're gonna we're gonna get into it but we're really gonna get into it this week and continue it next week so we used to do that with insurance because there's so much to cover with insurance and so we used to make that a two-part uh, lesson which it really should be however uh, the most popular topic in this course is investing and as you hopefully know investing is one of the ways one of the very very important ways that you can take advantage of growing and building wealth over your lifetime so as we wait for everybody to get uh, into the zoom meeting I'm just gonna ramble on for a minute and kind of introduce you to what we're gonna talk about today before we actually talk about it so um, save up your questions if you have questions I hope you have questions um, and I hope you're curious like I was when I was in your situation when I was in college I was curious about investing I felt quite clueless uh, and I was very clueless so um, I'm gonna share some things with you today that I hope will help you not become an expert in investing, but absolutely help you and prepare you to take the next steps as you move forward after graduation. And once you get your job, your dream job, um, hopefully your dream job. But once you get that job after you graduate, there's a couple of things you need to know how to do. And I'm going to spend a few minutes today helping you know what to do day one when you get that job. And so it is now 10.05 a.m. on uh, the 19th of October, year of our Lord, 2021. And so we're going to start talking about investing. So first, let me just kind of point out that one of your uh, assignments, part of your assignment rather, this week is to jump into your financial planning portal where you're going to see uh, this this section. So 
I'm just showing you a picture right now. Let me just jump into a plan, an actual plan. So here we have Billy and Sally and their plan. And you see what I did is I went, uh, so you see all these, I'm not sure you can see that. Let me get, let me, let me rearrange my screen a little bit so you can see that. So now you should be able to see that section uh, at the top. So you see the same thing you see when you're in your plan. Once you've logged in at rightcapital.com and you use your login from Bayrock, this is the software that we use at my firm to create and um, update financial plans. So you have a financial plan. And this is what it looks like. This is Billy and Sally's plan. So part of your assignment this week is just to jump into your plan and make a few tweaks, mostly just to see what your probability of success is going to be based on a few of the inputs that you make in your financial plan. So when I say probability of success, what I'm really talking about is your retirement analysis. So you'll see that in your plan, you, you've got your profile, and that's where you added your insurance. That's where you added um, your investments. You've also got your dashboard. This is where you started, and that's where you added your budget. If you did, if you didn't add your budget, if you didn't link a credit card, you're not seeing a budget here. But if you go over to profile, the same place that you added accounts right here, that same place you can link accounts. And so you kind of get extra credit for linking accounts. Now listen, I know uh, a lot of folks are a little concerned about linking their account because they're afraid of the security issue. But this, if you've ever heard of Mint.com, this is the same bank level encryption. And what it does, if you link your credit card or you link your debit card or you link any of your accounts in your financial plan, it automatically aggregates all of the data from that institution doesn't give anybody permission to move your money or touch your money it simply shows the data from your other account so it's a very powerful tool for any financial plan to aggregate your accounts and that includes your investment accounts so at this point maybe you don't have investments but if you do I just want you to know this is a great tool that we make available for our clients to integrate or aggregate is what we call it all of the accounts that you have in your entire financial life including bank accounts credit cards debit cards your 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 you can you can link up a lot of times your 401k you can link up your IRA at Charles Schwab or TD Ameritrade or E-Trade or Robinhood wherever you have investments you typically not all of them will link up but most institutions will so just don't forget about that if you want to link a credit card and create a budget over here that's how you do it okay so that's just a little free extra stuff so again you've got all of these things in your dashboard we're in your dashboard now and we're going through all these items in your dashboard and then you have your profile and you've got all these things in your profile so I just want to give you a quick overview of what's in your plan but today we're working on that retirement tab and this week your assignment is going to include a little focus on this retirement tab where you can hit that little action button and you can then uh, I should be able to I'm not seeing it 
Let me see what's going on here. So you should be able to, uh, I'm refreshing my screen if you ever get stuck. That's what you can do. So see how I hit that action button and it opened a whole lot of inputs. So this is not just one data card. Your retirement analysis and your financial plan includes a whole bunch of inputs, pieces of your financial planning puzzle. And so I want you to get familiar with this. We're looking at Billy and Sally's plan right now. And so I haven't really changed anything. You can play around with this and you can see magically how as you change things here, as you change things like how much you're going to save for retirement uh, and how much you're going to invest in a taxable account uh, or your 401k uh, or what your expenses are. You can change those things right here and they will move the needle in your retirement plan. So this is the kind of the workbench of a financial plan. This is where I spend a lot of my time with clients, helping them see if you do this, here's what the results will be. This is like the, the central key element to your financial plan. So this is, again, your retirement. We're looking at analysis, and that's where I want you just to get familiar this week, and I'll show you as we go through today's lesson, you'll see why that's important and how that works. So uh, let me jump over here and see. I don't see any questions, so I'm going to keep going. Um, and this is, I'm going to just show you if I can get there. This is your this is your assignment for this week, the week nine investment basics. So this will be in Blackboard. It's not posted yet, but this is it. It will tell you what you're looking for. It's really not a difficult assignment at all. Although I know some of you have um, been getting a little confused about uh, what's you know what you're doing in your financial plan. So I'm going to try to make that simple this week. I'm going to try to make it simple today as we go through this Zoom meeting. Um, and I'll be available this week. I was out of town last week. Uh, but I'll be available this week to try to, I'll be, I'll be looking at your comments and looking at your questions. And if you have some questions, I'll jump in and do another tutorial video if you need me to this week. But it's really not a difficult assignment. Um, so here's what we're going to talk about as we get into investing. I want to just remind you of the three laws of personal finance. And I'm looking in the comments and I'm curious if anyone if anyone remembers the three laws of personal finance. If I was more prepared today I would have them on the screen but I don't. I just think it will be helpful if it sets the table well as we get into investing to talk about the three laws of personal finance. So I'm looking in the uh, in the chat and I'm not seeing anyone post that so I'll give you uh, if you're if you're on Facebook or YouTube uh, well th think about this if I tell you I'm gonna give you an extra 10 points for posting it uh, that wouldn't be much good if I go ahead and tell you what the three laws of personal finance are and then you post it that'd be kind of not great so this is only available for those of you who are currently in the Zoom meeting. You'll have to grab a screenshot when you turn in your assignment and I'll give you an extra 10 points uh, for 
telling me what the three laws of personal finance are. So there are three of them. I see, Fernanda, spend less than you earn. Absolutely, that's the first law of personal finance. Spend less than you earn so that you can save more for what matters most. That's the first law of personal finance. So by now you've had a chance to Google it, you've had a chance to go back and grab it from a previous post, and I still haven't seen uh, the second or the third law of personal finance. So I'm going to count it down. Ten, nine, eight, seven. Your time is running out if you want to get those, uh, if you want to make, get those 10 extra points. So Jacob says law of spending and saving, law of tax advantage investing, and law of purpose and commitment. So there it is. Uh, Jacob, you got the 10 points. Yay. I should, I should do this. Hold on real Let's see if we can do that. There we go. Way to go, Jacob. Now, don't forget, you got to put that in your assignment. And if I forget, um, that means if you turn your assignment in this week, you get the extra 10 points as well as the 10 points you just earned. And if I forget to give those to you, just send me a message and I'll make sure we get you taken care of. Way to go. So, yes, the first law of personal finance is the law of spending and saving. Uh, Spend less than you earn so that you can save more for what matters most. That's the first and most basic and most important law of personal finance. If you just follow that one law, you will be ahead of most people. And if you fail to follow that law, you will fail in terms of personal finance and managing your money and building wealth. It's the most fundamental law of personal finance and it's the most disregarded law in American history and if you don't believe me just look at the federal budget deficit look at the numbers of people who are buried in debt so it's the number one law of personal finance for a reason and remember my story about my friend Sam the engineer who has passed but Sam who was from Ireland who was a very frugal machine um, he was a very straightforward guy, very clear-thinking fellow, um, because he was an engineer, I'm sure. But when I told him and shared with my friends that I was going to be teaching this course, he was like, there's only one thing you need to teach him. It's just that one thing. So I had to add a couple more laws. And the second law of personal finance, because... I am a certified financial planner. I know, and because I was born on April 15th, and because my first son was born on the last day of the year, which gave me a tax deduction for the entire year, and because my second son was born on October 15th, which is the, the deadline for filing, if you file for an extension, it's like those all those special dates related to taxes made me believe that I should be focused on taxes. And so the second law of personal finance, because of my schema and my focus as a certified financial planner and what I know about taxes, is the second law of personal finance is the, the law of tax advantaged investing. And that's an important part of this course. It's a super important part of investing. It's part of investment basics, but it's really more about account management. And so we're going to spend an entire lesson on types of accounts. But types of accounts is critical today, next week, and the week after, and really for the rest of your investing career, because types of accounts is the key to taking advantage of 
the tax law. And it's the second law of personal finance, the law of tax advantage investing. And it's all about types of accounts. And we're going to talk about the perfect investment today, which is a 401k match. So that was supposed to come later, but apparently I let the cat out of the bag. I was going to ask the question, what do you think would be the perfect investment? And I'll still ask that question, but uh, that's kind of a preview, an early preview, that the perfect investment has to do with a type of account. Now, the third law of personal finance, just in review before we jump in to investment basics, is the law of purpose and commitment. Jacob, thank you again. And this, I think, is kind of the key. Um, I said the first law is the most important, the most fundamental. Second law is so important because taxes really move the needle in your financial life in terms of building wealth. But really, if you think about it, nothing happens until something happens. And something never happens until you decide, until you make a commitment. And so the law of purpose and commitment is really thinking about, it involves thinking about what is your purpose. I mean, if you don't have a clue what your purpose is. If you think of your life as just a day-to-day experience, you take what happens and you just deal with it and maybe you feel like a victim sometimes that the world just doesn't go your way. Believe me, I know a lot of people who are what I call victim heads who just see life as a series of experiences and events and it's all about trying to have fun and enjoy and there's really no clear purpose in terms of their life and what they want to do with their life. And so, oh no, I think I've been signed out. Can you still hear me? Um, Can anybody hear me? Yes, okay, good. Good, good. I just got to pop-up that said I'd been signed out, which is weird. So sorry about that. Um, Here I am again. Back to law number three, the third law of personal finance, the law of purpose and commitment. If you haven't stopped to really think about what is your purpose? What is your life's purpose? What's your vision? I asked the question early in the semester, what has to happen in your life in the next three to five years for you to feel good about the progress you're making? I mean, that's kind of a question about your vision for your life and what what really matters to you, what matters most to you. Is, is there anything that you can say is worth everything to you? What is it? Is it your family? Is it your spiritual life? Is it your relationship with God? Is it your relationship with your significant other? Is it just having fun? Is it just making money? Is it just being successful? Is it just looking good and not looking bad? What's your purpose? And until you really think about that and really get focused on that, your financial life, your financial plan will not be as strong and effective and efficient as it could be. But once you're clear, uh, once you know what your vision is and once you're clear about your core values and your purpose and you have a sense of real commitment to that, your financial plan falls into place pretty quick. And the first law of personal finance, the law of spending and saving, spend less than you earn so you can save more, so you can save more for, so you can save more for what matters most, 
it starts to make sense because once you know what matters most, it's a lot easier to say no to all those things that pop up on your screen, just like my screen, that say, buy me, buy me, you need me, I can make you look good. And that's a key. So those three laws of personal finance all work together. Today, I'm going to focus on the second law, the law of tax advantage investing, because I want you to understand how that works quickly, like today. And one of my goals in this course is always so that on day one, when you get that job, you know what to do in terms of investing, because this is the perfect investment. So here we go. Oh, that wasn't the right one. I was gonna... Eh, I've only got a few. I should add some special effects. The perfect investment. So maybe you weren't paying attention before and you don't know uh, what the perfect investment is yet because it's you're not looking at the screen and you don't see it there. But um, so as a fiduciary, as a, a licensed professional, it's a little bit tricky for me to talk about the perfect investment if I'm trying to sell you something because there is obviously no perfect investment. But if there was a perfect investment, it would have to do more with the type of account than the type of investment. In fact, it has nothing to do with an actual investment. It has everything to do with a type of account. In fact, frankly, it has everything to do with the first law of personal finance, the law of spending and saving, because in this perfect investment, you make a choice on day one when you get that job that yes, you are going to save for retirement. And so you're going to see this week as you do your homework, how that choice to commit to take advantage of your 401k at work, if you're fortunate enough to work at a company that offers a 401k and has a match, after today's lesson, after the next few minutes, you are going to be so clear about what you're going to do and how you're going to take advantage of that. And you're going to see in your financial plan how that moves the needle significantly. And it's going to give you a much higher sense of confidence and clarity about your financial plan moving forward. Because up until this point, I've let you guys kind of soak in the idea that maybe financial planning is kind of challenging, difficult, hard, and it, it, you know, it is a little complicated. But the truth is, uh, once you have a few basic strategies in place, and I'm going to teach you some strategies next week, four investment strategies that are going to help you manage your risk in a way that will help you maximize returns and minimize risk. So with those four investment strategies, I'm going to name them real quick. Diversification, dollar cost averaging, asset allocation, and portfolio rebalancing. Those are the four investment strategies we're going to talk about next week. But those strategies, 
coupled with the perfect investment that I'm about to teach you uh, and a few little pieces of information that you're going to learn along the way this week and next week about investing, about asset classes, about types of investments. All of these little pieces of the puzzle are going to come together for you in a way that's going to give you a tremendous amount of confidence in terms of your ability to invest for success throughout your lifetime. I promise you that. It is not rocket science. It's not difficult. It's not. But you do have to pay attention and this is being recorded so you may want to this week and next week you may want to watch it at normal speed instead of double speed which I know most of you are doing because that's what I do because I can listen a lot faster than you can talk and why should I listen to some guy that talks really slow so this week and next week as we go through some of this information you may want to really stop think take notes and do a little research the perfect investment is a 401k match. Here's how it works. So we're going to take the assumption, and I have known so many people in my career as a financial planner who don't even do this. They they just, oh, I should, I never, you know, I did, didn't get around. I, um, I can't afford it. Just not, whatever, excuse after excuse. And it's like now they're 50 years old and they're coming to me trying to figure out how am I going to, how am I going to have enough money so I don't have to work forever? And it's like, well, you're going to have to cut back now because you weren't willing to cut back before. You weren't willing to practice the first law of personal finance, which is the law of spending and saving, which means you spend less than you earn. Instead of spending more than you earn and piling up debt, you guys saw how much it costs if you have credit card debt and you don't pay that debt off and you pay the fees and you pay the, uh, what, what is it? the interest every month, month after month, and you pay the minimum because that's what the credit card company wants you to do so that they can continue to collect and collect more and more over your lifetime. That's the game. They want us, they being the system, the marketing, the companies, the consumer culture that we live in, they want to sell you more. They want to get your money in their pocket and they use credit to do that. It makes it super easy for you to say, yeah, I can have what I want, but the cost is super heavy. And so the older you get, the harder it is to catch up. So if you make the decision and you commit today, you know, when you first start working to put money into your 401k and to take advantage of the match, you're going to, you're going to see a tremendous movement of your needle because you're starting early. So the perfect investment is simply saying yes and knowing what to do on day one. When you get that piece of paper from your HR department, it's going to say, do you want to invest in your 401k? And you're going to say, yes, I do. The next question is going to be, okay, how much? How much are you going to put in your 401k? And that's where I want to kind of highlight how it works to get the match. So Let's use an example, and I'm going to ask if anyone knows, um, do you know what, uh, what a reasonable match is for an employer? So if you went to work for, let's say, uh, Schlumberger or Shell or ExxonMobil, and you 
became an employee and you said, yes, I want to be part of your 401k. I want you to take money out of my check and put it into my 401k account. That's how it works. You check that little form, you say yes, and they start taking money out. Every time you get paid, they deduct some money and they put it into your 401k account. But how much do they match? So let's pretend, does anybody know? Anybody know any matches? Anybody interviewing? So Mercy, that's a big range, 5 to 10. That's, that's probably right. Tanya, 6% is a good, that's a pretty good match. There are lots of companies that give a 6% match. Harsh, 10% would be awesome. Um, I don't know of any companies. Do you, Harsh, who give a 10% match? That would be awesome. Helen says 3 to 6%. Helen, that's very good. It's right. There's a, that's a really good range. Um, so we're going to pick one. I'm going to pick 10% is a little too high, Harsh. I'm not going to pick that one. Let's go with 6%, just for an ex the example. And let's further assume that in your job, you're you're actually getting paid a uh, hundred thousand dollars a year so uh, if you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year and you say yes I want to contribute to my 401k and you want to get the full six percent match how much do you think you're going to have to contribute to your 401k in order to get the six percent match what do you think that number is? Harsh, you think some airlines give a 10%? I didn't know that, but... So Mercy, 6% of your salary. Okay, that's good. That's right. You're right. But how much is 6% of your salary, Mercy? So what was the scenario? We said... Uh, by the way, if anybody's talking to me, I, I'm sorry, I'm not wearing headphones. I've just realized I can't hear you because I'm not wearing headphones. So, uh, Fernanda says six grand. That's correct. Six percent of a hundred grand is six grand. So, in order for you to get the six percent match, you would have to say on that little form, "Yes, I want to contribute to my 401k." And since it's a six percent match, of course, I want to contribute at least, at least. 6%, which is $6,000. And if you get paid every two weeks, how much do you think that means is coming out of your check every two weeks? If you're doing 6% so that you can get the match, which equals six grand a year, you get paid every other week, how much is coming out of your check? How much is coming out of your check every week? So there's 12 months in a year. Um, so that's $500 a month, right? $500 a month times 12, I think would be six grand. And if that's true, then half of 500 every other week would be 250 bucks, is my guess. I haven't got my calculator. I'm really bad at math. I'm good at tax deductions, but I'm not really great at math. So I think that's right. You do the math and you figure that out and you tell, you put on that form, here's how much I want to come out of my check every time I get paid. And so by doing that, you take it out every time you get paid. That's how they do it. There's really no other option. And then you commit to contributing the full amount that allows you to get the full match. 
And then what happens? Mercy says, that's right. I appreciate that. I'm assuming you've got a calculator or you're really good at math. You don't really have to be good at math to figure this one out. But so, yeah, so say 250 bucks a month and you do that for a year. How much do you have in your 401k account? How much money will you now have in your 401k account? Thank you very much, Fernanda. That was you said that's right. I think Mercy was saying to you that you were right. So anyway, that is correct. 250 bucks a month. How much or a paycheck, not a month. How much are you going to have in your 401k? In this $100,000 annual income example, how much are you going to have in your 401k at the end of a year? Somebody tell me. Post it if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube. Just think about this whole scenario. You're day one at your job. You're going to be making hundred grand a year. You say, yes, I want to contribute to my 401k. I'm going to do... Uh, I'm going to do the match, which is six grand, which is $250 a paycheck. At the end of the year, how much will you have in your account? Fernanda says you'll have $12,000 because your employer matches it. Mercy confirms that. Harsh confirms that. So, so far, three out of 78 students. Okay, I lied. There aren't 78 students on the call, but there's more than three. And so... Let's see. Uh, anyone else want to chime in? Maybe you're busy with Facebook or Netflix. Oh, Jacob, twelve grand. Yeah. Do you guys get that, or do you do you understand why that is? And how do you feel about that? Like, whoa, 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 what do you think? Does that sound like a deal? Like a deal that makes it the perfect investment? How do you feel about it? We're not even done yet. We still have some benefits to unpack around this perfect investment yeah tanya it's a deal because you're essentially getting free money mercy says yeah and not only that i'm going to show you why you're getting even more than free money um something even better does anybody know what the next thing is that makes this a sweet deal like a super sweet deal the 401k match Harsh says Roth, question mark. That's, that's a sweet deal, but it's not really the answer to the next question. Fernanda says it's compound interest. Mercy got it right. So Mercy says tax deduction. And she made that all one word. That, that should be a, you should have a pound sign there. Hashtag tax deduction. That should be like my calling tax deduction. It's all about the tax. You forgot the space. That's great. I, I think tax deduction, hashtag tax deduction should be what we all post on Twitter today. If you're a Twitter user, I am a Twitter user, but I hate Twitter. Not really fond of Facebook either, but I use it. Same with YouTube. Okay, back to the tax deduction. Hashtag tax deduction. So what does that mean? Does anybody know what that means? So yeah, you get a tax deduction. But what does that mean? Somebody tell me what that means. Tax deduction. So you're making 100 grand. You're paying some taxes now. You put six grand into your 401k. The company matches at six grand. At the end of the year, you've got 12 grand. But what else do you have? What else do you have? So I'm going once, going twice. So tax deduction is the amount you can take away from your taxable income. That's correct. Jacob, that's that's correct. He says the tax deduction is the amount you can take away from your taxable income, which means 
uh, here's what uh, Mercy says. You get taxed on 94 grand instead of 100 grand. That's the key to the tax deduction. It means because you have this deduction, now you're only paying taxes on 94 grand. That's a deal. Over your lifetime, that's going to make a, a big difference. And so this is where when you start to play with your uh, when you start to play with your retirement analysis, you're going to see how it moves the needle when you start to say, okay, I'm going to invest in my 401k and maybe even uh, max it out instead of just taking the amount to get the deduction. And there's no right answer for you this week in your assignment. I just want you to play with this so that you can see how it moves the needle. So let's just go, let's just go down to Billy and say that he's going to do 6%. Uh, if I can get that to 6%. And my fat fingers aren't working so well. And Sally, she's going to get wherever my fat finger lands, 6%. So let's just say that they both took my advice and they're going to take advantage of the perfect investment. And I hit refresh. You have to hit refresh. Don't forget to hit refresh and see if it moves the needle. Oh, wow. Just that one thing moves the needle for them. The probability of success went from 4% to 49%. So that's what I want you guys to do is play with some of these inputs in your retirement plan and assume that you're going to be contributing to your 401k. Start with the minimum and maybe go to the maximum. Um, just play around and see how much this moves the needle. It's phenomenal. Um, let's see. Matthew says that can move you into a new tax bracket in some cases. So Matthew, you, you are so right. I, man, I'll tell you a little quick story if I can. So I've got a client who uh, inherited from a parent who passed away in March of last year. I don't know if you guys follow the market, but last year in March, we had one of the biggest, fastest, ugliest pullbacks in a while in the market. And when you inherit from someone, if I died, my kids would inherit my money. And so what happens is the day that I die, the IRS values my investments. And let's say that when I die, I have a million dollars in investments when I die or before I die, the day before I die. Okay. I have a million dollars in investments. So when I die, if you're my son, my daughter, you're going to get to split that and that's your money. The beautiful thing is the IRS lets you receive that as a step up in basis, which means that you don't have to, let's say that I invested in Apple stock and I invested a hundred grand long time ago and now it's worth a million. And we're not talking about tax qualified accounts. We're talking about just a regular old brokerage account. Okay. And so it's worth a million dollars. Well, if I sell that stock, I got to pay the taxes, but I never sell Apple stock. I just buy Apple stock. Okay. And then when the day before I die, it's worth a million dollars. Well, in March of last year, instead of it being worth a million dollars because of that, um, that nasty pullback, it dropped to say 500 grand. Okay. So 500 grand. So the day before I die, it's worth a million. But the day that I die, it's only worth 500 grand. So you receive it 
with the step up in basis, but it's actually a step down because you receive it at 500 grand. Fast forward the clock six months, now it's worth a million dollars again because that's what the market did. It went whoop, whoop, right back up to where it was. Problem is you inherited it 500,000 and now it's worth a million. And then you sell that so you can do some other things with it because you don't want to be all in Apple stock. Well, you have to pay the taxes. And the tax surprise is not only do you have to pay the $500,000 capital gain, but just like Matthew says, that could put you in a higher tax bracket, which means not only are you paying tax on 500,000 capital gain, but you're in a different tax bracket, which means now all of this income that you had, this massive income that you had for that one year because of that one thing just puts you in another tax bracket, which means you're paying a higher percentage. It's, it's, a, it's a crazy thing. Taxes make a bunch of difference, and it takes a little planning. So, Matthew, that's worth 10 extra points. If I remember to give you those points, you will get them. If I forget to give you those points, then you won't, you won't get them. Unless you remind me, and then you'll get them, because then even though I forgot, you reminded me, and that's how that'll work. So, way to go. Yeah, so the tax deduction is an important part of the perfect investment. And when you think about it, it's not just a one-time deal. It happens every year. And the more money you make, the more significant that becomes. We're going to talk about Roth IRA because that's always a great question is, well, what about the Roth IRA? I can put money away and have a tax-free uh, return instead of a tax deductible, which is what we're talking about, is a tax deductible investment. But remember, the second law of personal finance is the law of tax advantaged investing. So it involves not just the tax deductible, but also we want to do some tax free, which is the Roth IRA. And we'll talk about that not next week, but the week after when we talk about types of accounts. So I'm going to wrap it up this week. Uh, let me look and see if I'm missing anything before I start to wrap it up. Uh, so your instructions are going to be in Blackboard, but remember you're going to take you're going to take a screenshot like we have here. Uh, this is a screenshot before, and then when I made those changes, it, it went to this. Okay, so. Um, from 4% to 49. So you're going to do the same thing. You're going to take a snapshot of your, uh, your probability, your retirement analysis, and you're going to show me what you discovered when you started playing around with these numbers. And you can do whatever you want with them. I hope you practice a few scenarios, like are you going to retire at 67 at the earliest age you possibly could get social security probably you guys won't even get it until you're like 97 years old for me i can i can retire at 65 but i get hardly nothing i can retire at 67 which is my full retirement age which i get a little bit or i can wait until i'm 70 and i get quite a bit more but each of those uh, strategies changes the probability of success. So there are all these things like your expenses uh, after you retire that will move the needle. If you decide you don't need $100,000 of income when you retire and you're going to live on the cheap, you can retire a lot earlier and still have that probability of success be high, higher. 
So just play around with this and start to think like a certified financial planner. Okay, that's what I want you to do this week. I want you to start to think about scenarios and how can you move the needle in your retirement plan so that you have some options when you get to be my age. I'm 59 years old. I don't have to work. I like to work. I would like to work for as long as I possibly can because I would get bored if I didn't work. I love my work. And this is part of my work. I mean, this is kind of sort of my my dream for my life was to be doing what I was doing for work in my spare time like it's a hobby as well and that's kind of how my life is today it wasn't that way when I had a corporate job um, now I own my own business so I get to be my own boss but for all those years that I worked on Wall Street like at Morgan Stanley Believe me, they didn't let me do what I wanted to do. Like, I couldn't be doing the things that I'm doing today and still be a corporate, um, you know, on the corporate dole. I, I got great benefits. I got great pay. It was a great job. I, you know, it was, well, it was kind of a job. <laughs> Morgan Stanley Wall Street is a different kind of gig. It really wasn't for me because I like being independent. I like being able to tell people the truth and not have to sell them something that makes the company money but actually makes them money. But there's a lot of tricky pieces of business that comes with that. And so my hope for you is that you decide what your life is about and what you want your life to be and you start to do the things today that will make that possible when you're old like me so that's really what I hope so this assignment this week is an opportunity for you to start to play with some numbers and just understand a little bit and get to practice thinking like a CFP like a certified financial planner for yourself so I hope this helps I hope you take advantage of your planning portal it's really a fantastic tool to help you see what-if scenarios in your life. Simple things like if you choose to participate in the perfect investment, which is what this lesson really was all about, the perfect investment. So I don't see any comments, questions. If you have questions, post them now. Um, if you're not watching on YouTube or Facebook, you can post those questions. I see them typically. If I see your question or your comment and it needs a response, I will do my best to, to get right back to you uh, as quick as possible, um, either on Facebook or YouTube. But if you need something for the course, you know how to reach me. And the best place to go is to jump into GroupMe, where you should have support from your collaborative teammates in this cohort. So... Any questions uh, for the assignment? Are we just messing with the 401k percent? Hey, Harsh, you, you know, that's really what's required in the assignment. But um, I would encourage you to play around with more than that. Because as you see, there's a lot of things there. So, yes, for the assignment, really, you're just playing with the 401k percent. Um, but you also have to make sure that your expenses are correct. Like, for example, when we go to dashboard, watch what happens here. When I go to ah, dashboard budget, wait a minute, no. Where do I go for, I want to see what, when is Billy going to retire? And that is in the retirement. So 
what age you're going to retire, and what are your retirement monthly expenses. So right now, Billy's showing zero. If you did that, Harsh, if you sent this in, I would deduct 20 points or 30 points maybe. Uh, because part of the assignment is you have to think about what are your, realistically, what do you think your expenses are going to be in retirement? And if you had a big uh, goose egg there like uh, Billy does, I'd say, nope, that's no good. So let's say we pump that up to seven grand for Billy. And let's see, then when I hit refresh, we, do we? where do we go? We go from 49% to 1%. So there's something in Billy's plan right now that's not working. And while if this was your assignment, Harsh, um, I wouldn't require you to figure that out completely, but I would want you to understand that you have a very low probability of success, pretty much no probability of success. And there's some reasons for that. And so as we move forward through the semester, I'm going to help you understand what's going on in your plan that's making it fail. Um, so pay attention to that because it's not just about your retirement, your 401k. It's also about you know, do you have the right information for your income? Are you saving anything? Uh, and are you saving in your 401k for sure? And do you have that correctly input into your plan? So um, that's about it for now. Let's see. Any questions? That was a great question, Harsh. Thank you very much. No extra points for that, though. Sorry, buddy. Have a great week. I'll see you next time. I am going to end the call now, unless somebody has a question, I don't see going once, going twice. You guys have a great week. See you next time. Okay, so I'm going to end the meeting, and then I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to end the broadcast. So we'll see if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, if you're not watching on Facebook or YouTube, well, I don't know how you're watching. But we'll see you next time at 10 o'clock Tuesdays live from Houston, Texas, signing off.